Father, what a good word. Not unto us, but but to your name be all praise and honor and glory this day. We're thankful for your presence that's in this place with us. These next few moments, we want to open our hearts to you. You've already been speaking to us. May you continue to do so. May we hear from your voice today. So that when we leave this place, we leave differently than when we walked in the door. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You gotta follow that. Like that's, uh, that's you just pray the benediction and go, right? That's how that's supposed to happen. Uh, But if you're just joining us today, we've been in a series called uh, One Mission, One Story. And we've been looking at the scriptural call to give uh, internationally, nationally, and also locally. Two weeks ago, Cindy reminded us uh, of all that God did for us when he gave us Jesus to die in our place. And now we're called to serve as Christ's ambassadors, to take that message to the world. Last week, we identified that the way of Christ is not comfort, but the way of Christ is the cross. So we'll go where God calls us to go. We'll do what God calls us to do and show the love of Christ to all people at all times. So uh, today, we bring it into our own backyard. How do we make an impact in our community? And when we reflect on, uh, on our community, we have so many opportunities, right? There's so many needs that are all around us. Uh, think about your uh, sphere of influence. Uh, and in case you don't know what I mean by that, when I say sphere of influence, think about uh, the people that you do life with, whether you want to or not. They're the people that, uh, that fall into your, to your family, uh, maybe your coworkers. Uh, we've got students here. They haven't gone home yet. Uh, and so maybe you've got some students that you do life with. Uh, it's the people you go to church with, the people you see at the gym, uh, the regulars you see at Baker Square when you probably should be at the gym. That would be where I would fall in that category. It's the people you come into contact with on a regular basis. Think about some of the people that you know in these groups. We can all name struggles that someone is going through, right? Like when I say that, probably a name pops into your head of somebody that's struggling right now. People that are hurting. People that have physical, tangible needs. Uh, Others that just need love. Many that need Jesus. Sometimes our our spheres of influence will intersect. Um, We know some of the same people, but you know people that that I don't know, and vice versa. I know people that you don't know, meaning you'll have opportunities to make an impact in places where I can't. And so when we look collectively at what we can do as a church, we can make a huge impact for the kingdom of God. So how do we do that? What drives us to action? Our scripture focus today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapters 12 and 13, and we're going to read that whole thing. No, just kidding, we're not. Thank you, Cindy. Cindy thought I was funny for that moment. Hebrews 12, uh, 14 and 15, and then Hebrews 13. Hebrews 12 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, No one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. 
And then in Hebrews 13, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. May God bless the reading of his word today. Uh, so we're, we're heading into summer. School year is, is coming into a close. Uh, how many people, your favorite season is spring? Man, you do not get spring. <laughs> we had like 105 days of January, and you get like a month, and then we're going into the summer, right? Uh, when Cindy said that it was going to be like 80 degrees on Monday, who was it over here that said, I'm not wearing pants? It was somebody. It was you. It was you. And I had to turn around to clarify, you're wearing shorts though, right? Awesome. Yep. Because that would be bad. Uh but when we head into summer, uh, one of the things that happens, wedding season is upon us, right? And so uh, the, the, whole, the whole slew of all the people that are getting married. And uh, sometimes I have the wonderful privilege of being able to officiate a wedding. And uh, as, as I do that, uh, I always ask the couple to go through premarital counseling with me. We talk about a lot of things there. We talk about family history, finances, intimacy, uh, how your relationship with God affects the relationship you have with each other, uh, stuff like that. So in one of the sessions, we talk about the importance of communication, all the different types of communication, uh, what to say, what not to say, what to say when you say the thing you weren't supposed to say. Uh, One of the most important things that I stress to couples, though, is that sometimes you have to understand the intention behind what somebody is trying to say and not just hear only their words. The words are important, but catching the whole meaning is paramount to a successful marriage. The same is true when we read the Bible. It's not just about reading the words that are on the page, but knowing the heart of God as he sends those words to us. Sometimes in our reading of Scripture, we can turn it into a checklist, Uh, thinking that if we do the steps we've outlined, we're living a holy and sanctified life. In doing so, we can miss the opportunity of what God's heart is trying to say to us. Uh, So, for instance, in this passage from Hebrews 13, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. We could say, uh, I I have two brothers, so I have to love them. That's what this scripture says. And then, uh, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels. Uh, So I need to be kind to people, even the people that treat me poorly. Uh, And then, continue to remember those in prison. We need to start a prison ministry. Like, those are possible outcomes you could take from reading that scripture. And those are decent things, right? But is that really the heart of what God is trying to tell us here? Is that the full measure of what he wants to say? So when we look at this passage, we need to look at not just this passage, but what are the overall themes that we find in Scripture that communicate to us the heart of God? We find themes in here like love and hospitality, placing others' needs above our own. Sacrifice is expected in our care for others. To show Christ-like love and compassion to those outside of the church strengthens the message of the gospel to the world. And so we want to show everything that God is asking us to show. But sometimes these things are not easy to do. It's uncomfortable, right? Uh, to, to even maybe go up to a stranger. To have a conversation that you're not used to having. It's, it's out of my, my zone. That's not the kind of thing that I do. 
If we start embracing this idea to intentionally show love to the world around us, that's going to expand our circle, our sphere of influence. If we start viewing people and situations through the eyes of Jesus, we should feel compelled to action. So I have a, I have a friend. Uh, we'll call him Harry because that's his name. Harry is a farmer and uh, a senior adult from a very small community in northwest Illinois. Uh, at the church, we had um, like a food pantry and also uh, a furniture delivery program. And so people would donate uh, furniture or sometimes they would purchase furniture and give it to the church. And then as needs came up in the community, people would apply, they would contact them. And Harry led up the furniture delivery team. And so uh, he would line up all the needs, and he would take the couch, he would take the bed, he would take the kitchen table, whatever it was, to the people's homes, and then he would offer to pray with them. He would try to find out what their needs were. He would invite them to come to church. Uh, Harry taught our senior adult Sunday school class. He was a prayer warrior. He loved God. And God started breaking his heart for these people that he was meeting. He started inviting them to church. Um, Harry's row started filling up, and so Harry would, he would sit like three rows to the left over here, and uh, he would be on the end, he's always wearing a suit and tie, and the next to him was his wife, and uh, very prim, proper, like had the hair, you know what I mean, like do I need to go any further with that, she had the hair, like tornado could come, she's going to look exactly the same, (laughs) it was amazing, and so the next to them though, we start seeing uh, drug addicts. We start seeing uh, single moms. We're seeing people come from abusive situations. And, uh, and they were people that were coming with a hand to receive. They weren't people that were coming with a hand to give. <laughs> Harry's role wasn't the only thing that was starting to fill up. Uh, his car started to fill up because all these people needed rides to church. And so his day started uh, about two hours before Sunday school did. So he could make all the rounds to go and, uh, and pick up these people. Uh, His Sunday school class started filling up. A senior adult Sunday school class that uh, got to meet drug addicts and single moms and uh, people that were suffering from abuse, Um, those senior adults' eyes were opened to things they had never thought about before, and they loved them. They supported them. They came around them. It was, it was such a neat thing to see. Uh, Harry's text message inbox started to fill up a little bit. Uh, and it usually was around 2 or 3 in the morning that he would get those texts. And sometimes it was asking for a ride to church the next day. Sometimes it was asking for a ride home from the bar. Sometimes it was uh, a text with a need or a prayer request. Um, sometimes they were just angry. And he was the only person that had taken the time to hear them out. He started a men's Bible study for some of the young fathers he was coming into contact with. Occasionally, his row would be down a person because of an overdose, and Harry started speaking at funerals. This small-town farmer became the hands and feet of Christ to a group that he did not expect. Now, you might hear that and say, well, that's him. That's not me. He was able to do that. I could never do that. Believe me when I tell you, it was not him either. It was not who he was. It was not how he was wired. God did something in his heart. And when we make ourselves available to God, he's going to open our eyes to people and to opportunities that we've never seen before. So it starts with a desire to be open, holy and pleasing to God, willing to do and go 
wherever God leads. And that brings us back to our scripture in Hebrews 12. Be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. If we try to give out of our goodness, we will fail every single time. We are not good people. And you know why it's safe to say that? Because Jesus said it. (laughs) A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. What's Jesus getting at here? All that he was able to accomplish was out of an overflow of his relationship with the Father. He was not able to accomplish anything that he did without the help of his loving Heavenly Father. If that's where Jesus is living, I'm pretty sure that's where he's calling us to live too. So what does holiness living look like? Uh, Colossians 3, keep your eyes focused on Jesus, not on earthly petty things. Get rid of earthly desires like sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander. He throws in there, watch your mouth while you're at it. Instead, show compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with one another. Forgive one another in the same way that God forgave you. All of these combined allows for verses 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If we're living that kind of relationship with God, forsaking the things of this world, letting go of all the evil desires and embracing his goodness, we will then be able to show the kind of care that he's calling us to show to the world. And not so that people will look at us and say how great we are. Not so that people will look at K1 and say how great this church is, but that we might point others toward him, to his love, to his grace, to his mercy. So what does this mean for us today? When we consider giving to others in our community, we have to recognize that it's all rooted in love. Love for God and love for others. So the first thing, we love because we are loved. John 15, 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. God demonstrated the level of love that he has for us in the life and death of Jesus. So what are we going to do with that? We've been given the greatest gift that anyone could ever be given in Jesus Christ. Something he asked in return, love each other and love God. Unconditionally, lavishly, unashamed, without bias or prejudice, our community needs to see the love of God. And as an ambassador of Christ, you have the privilege of doing that. Next, we give because we love Romans 12 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor 
serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. What's your motivation in giving? We have a scriptural call to give, but it's easy to to have that um, perspective get skewed a little bit. Do you give of your time and your finances because you feel obligated to do so? Do you bless someone else kind of secretly hoping that somebody will bless you in return? Are you joyful when you have the opportunity to give of yourself completely? Our focus should always be outward, not inward. It can be hard, but that's where we ask God to change us from the inside out so that our hearts are aligned with his. When we give to others with the heart of a servant, we live out what Jesus modeled for us. So we love because we're loved, we give because we love, and lastly, what we give is love manifested in words and actions. Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will sit on his throne. He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. We have a core value here at Kankakee First, radical generosity, that says we hold nothing back. Jesus gave his life for me, so I will give until it changes my life for him. Is that true in your life? Are you seeking every opportunity you can to show the love of Christ to others? Do you find yourself giving until it hurts, until it makes you uncomfortable, like Harry? Are you living a life of unconditional love? My prayer is that God will open our our eyes to the needs around us, and as he does, we will respond in extravagant obedience to him. We are Christ's ambassadors. We love every person we come into contact with. And we give out of love because of the love that has been shown to us. Our mission statement says this. I want you to say it with me. We exist to live out God's story in our community. Uh, So half of you woke up about four words into that. So let's do it one more time. We exist to live out God's story in our community. Pastor Debbie's going to come and share a way that we can practice radical generosity and live out his story to impact those around us.